to so much more. I'm Jody Nisnik. This is a podcast designed to help you create space for God. Jesus, in some of his last words, found in John 16, 12, stated, There is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the Spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I am excited to have Whitney Russell with me as we have a conversation around Psalm 27 and where the Lord led her and what he is teaching her. Whitney is the president and founder of Bury My Defiance Ministry, where she uses poetry and photography to create art as a way to share Jesus with others, especially those who are grieving. So welcome, Whitney. I'm really excited that you're here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad. Well, tell me a little bit more about you and who you are. What did I leave out? Because I didn't say anything very personal about you. So tell us a little bit about you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is such an interesting thing to say. Tell me about you. I'm a lion tamer. I'm a circus. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm from, (laughs) (laughs) I'm born and raised in Irving. Texas. Um, I have a daughter who's eight, a husband who's 42. We've been married for nearly, <laughs> we've been married for nearly 10 years now. Um, I, goodness, I'm a born artist. I mean, the Lord is, that's what I thought I was going to do is just do art and honestly thought I was just going to do comedy, but evidently I'm not as funny as what I thought I was. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what else there is to say whenever well, somebody says, what is there to say about you? Yeah, I think that's, that's great. And you know, Whitney, if the whole ministry thing doesn't work out for either of us, we should consider stand up comedy as our I next think we should. thing. So, um, <laughs> both Whitney and I fun fact have taken improv classes. So there you go. We're going to do a lot, little bit of improv here at the end of the podcast for you. Just kidding. We're actually not going to do that, but, <laughs> why not? Uh, but let's, let's get into why we're really here and let's talk about Psalm 27. And before we dive into that conversation, let me just remind us of the passage that we have been meditating on. It's Psalm 27 verses one through four. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So Whitney, we did this as a Lectio asking God to draw our attention to a word or phrase. And so what did the Lord help you notice in this passage? It's so hard to explain how, how I feel about this, the four verses, but he led me to two separate things, to be honest. The first is I just kept on going back to fear, 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 fear. Whom shall I fear? And he had me rest in the fear because I have been a very fearful person. 
my entire life. Um, I dealt with anxiety since I was little. Um, it started with abuse when I was small and abuse sexually and emotionally and all that. So I, I lived with terror my entire life and really just these last probably three years have I really learned how to surrender that fear to God. And, um, that was one major thing that kept on playing on me is that, and it's whom shall I fear if, when the Lord is my salvation and with me. And I have learned that so heavily, especially in the ministry that he's called me into, which is grief and trauma. Um, that's, that's one thing mm-hmm. I could go on to the second thing too. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Let's, okay. yeah, let's talk about with them. Then the second thing is the temple is dwelling in the temple because to me, it just really stuck out that the temple is his holy place that David mm-hmm. knew that that was holy. He used that word. And to me, that is the, the most holy that the Jews knew. Mm-hmm. And it stuck out to me that he wanted to be in his holy presence, mm-hmm. not just his presence. And if he's in his holy presence, like he's tabernacling with the Lord. And it just, that just kept on sticking Mm -hmm. out to me that that's truly where I want to be at his feet in his holiness, in his temple is as in us as most, maybe we don't always understand what that means, but when I took it and it just was shown to me that it's his temple, his holiness, Mm -hmm. that we will always be in his holiness. And it's, it's magnificent. It just took me to my knees. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, so let's talk, let's talk about both of those things. The fear piece. Um, first of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and honest about your story. Um, and it's interesting because fear is repeated multiple times in just these short few verses, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Um, my heart will not fear. And so three times it's, it's when we set ourselves on him, we have nothing to fear. And, um, and so I, I love that you got to that place and you've gotten to that place actually in your life of letting go of fear, letting go of anxiety, because you have recentered yourself on God, reminded yourself who he is. And yet you have a really hard story. And those are very real things in your life. How did you move to through that process? Is it just years? Was it counseling? Was it uh, just getting to know the Lord more and more? How did you get to a place where you were able to really cling to him and not let the past take you down and take you out? Well, I want to be really clear for anybody who's listening. It is not like an overnight fix or something that it's like you got past it. It's like you you became a Christian, you became a follower. So you got rid of that fear. You got rid of that trauma. It is an everyday surrender. I still deal with it. And yes, I did go to counseling and I have done a lot of things to, to 
deal with the trauma, but it is still a everyday choice to surrender my fear to Christ. I have to do it every day. Mm -hmm. If I don't, it will pile up on me and the enemy, the wicked will advance against me. It will still happen every day. I can see sometimes that, that the, the foes, that's how I say the foes will come against me, which is my past or is my abuse or anything like that. And it will pile up. And then I have to say, Lord, take this. It's not mine. And then, and then it hits me like that. If the Lord is for me like that, who can be against me? Oh, wait, that's a wrong passage, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's still in the Bible, it's, it's still in the Bible but <laughs> well, it, you know, what's striking me about what you're saying is, uh, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. And what you're basically saying is that when the enemy comes at you, when the foe is attacking you with the memories, with the whispers of what happened and attacking your identity because of that are all number of things. When you lay that before the Lord, those enemies and foes stumble and fall. Yes. And they, they become low and little and you get to keep walking and moving forward with the Lord. And I just think right. that's such a beautiful illustration of exactly what David is talking about. He's talking about probably physical army and enemies, mm -hmm. but it's possible there's, it's more than that as well. And, you know, and we may have physical armies and enemies that we're dealing with, but a lot of times I think it is exactly what you've just said. It's what's happening in our mind and in our heart. And those are the things that we have to take before the Lord. Right. Exactly. That's how, so, that's how I felt. <clears throat> so good. So good. Thank you for sharing that. That's actually really powerful. And I think something we, we need to remember it's not overnight. It is every day. And I would even say sometimes for me, it's moment by moment. Mm -hmm, for <laughs> it's, sure. it's reclaiming that truth. And, and I think it ties in nicely to the second thing that the Lord drew your attention to is, is being in his presence in his holy temple. Um, so talk a little bit more about just even what does that look like for you in your living? How, how do you, how does that happen for you? Well, when I, when I read it, it just really stuck out to me that, that David could have used many different words. You know, he could have just said, you know, be, I want to be in your presence or, or I want to be with you or anything that, that he said, but I want to dwell with you in your tent and then be with you in your temple. And it just hit me so hard about the temple and his holiness. David wanted to be with God in his holiness. Now we can be with God in his holiness because of Jesus. And it's so amazing to me that we will, we can do that, but one day we really will be with God in his holiness face to face. And I feel like that's what David was saying. Like, I want to be with you in your holiness face to face. And that is all I want to do. That is all that's on my heart. That is all I want to do. And I feel like that is truly where I want to be. That is the posture I want my heart to be in. Mm -hmm. And when my posture is there that I want to really be in the presence of the Lord in the holiness, 
it takes me to a different level of scripture, different level with Jesus, a different level everywhere, because I don't really sit and reflect on God's holiness and me being in his holiness all that much, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting to me as you're talking, I'm, I'm noticing even about just these few verses that we've just talked about that David has this enemy advancing against him and he doesn't say, take them out, Lord. Right. He says, Hey, the one thing I'm asking of you is that I can be in your holy presence. Right. And that's interesting too. So even as you were talking about just remembering that it's his holiness and that we actually get to, because of Jesus, um, we actually, because the veil from the temple has been torn and that holy of holy place, you know, back before Jesus, there was this inner, inner part of the temple where the presence of God resided and only one person a year could actually enter into that holy of holies place. And now because of Jesus, um, it like the whole veil was torn, which was actually this like thick, <laughs> uh, covering that covered the holy of holies from the people that got torn in half. And that actually physically happened. Um, but what it symbolized was the, the tr- truth that we now have access. Every single one of us has access to the holiness of God. We can stand in the presence of God without fear because we're covered with Jesus and um, covered over our sins are covered over by Jesus. And it just, it's, it's interesting as you're talking about just being in his holiness. I think sometimes we get comfortable uh, with the fact that we can do that. Like sometimes we just, we're like, oh yeah, I get to talk to God. He's my buddy. Right. And we sometimes forget no, he is the holy God. Um, and so as you're saying that, that, that those are some of the, the things that I'm, I keep thinking about is um, how awesome that mm-hmm. is. And it should cause us to pause. That's how it struck me. I was like, it, it just was this incredible feeling of being loved and being loved and seen in such a way that it was, it starts with the fear of, so I went back to like my abuse and just all of that and thinking, whom shall I fear? The Lord is with me. Even though I went through that, he is still protecting me. And then I get to then dwell in his holiness, this child from here, to be an abused and then the wicked still trying to advance against me of having all those thoughts and all those things on me, but the Lord still died for that. And he's still going to protect me from it. And then to then advance to the point that this, I get to stand in his holy presence. That to me is remarkable. And then one day to be able to really tabernacle with him. I I just use that word tabernacle because it's just so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It is a beautiful old Testament word. It's just such an interesting and mind blowing thing to think about the return of Jesus, the new heaven and new earth, and all the things that we read about in revelation that are coming for us. And it will be amazing because there will be no more enemies to fear. There will, there will be no fear because there will be nothing to fear um, because 
God holds us in his hand, but there are some scary things in this world. (laughs) And, um, and that's the brokenness and sin that we live in. Um, yeah. So yeah, thanks for drawing our attention to that. So Whitney, I would love to transition us and talk a little bit about your ministry, Bury My Defiance. Tell me a little bit more about what it is that you're doing. Um, My ministry is, so I write poetry and I take photography and I use it to create art. I know that sounds kind of weird, but I can start from the beginning. I honestly, I've never written poetry or done photography. Um, The Lord just gave me the gift three years ago, like literally said, here, let's do this. And what he really put on me was um, grief to do, to write poetry for the grieving, for um, the people who have lost someone and especially in a traumatic way. Um, so I will pray and the Holy Spirit will give me the words to, to say. So I do a lot of grief poetry, which is for families who lost children or lost family members. And I write poetry and do the picture and then give it to them for their, their service, for their uh, funeral service to have. Um, another thing that I do is I write the poetry just to, to show people um, through their brokenness, through the trauma, through the, through the grief, through the heartache, that the Lord, that he is still the good father within the brokenness and pain. And that's what the Lord has me do. Mm. And that's, that's what I do. Yeah. And that, that's a really heavy um, weight to carry. It's interesting. You know, a lot of people I think would be like, oh, I'd love it if the Lord just gave me this gift that, and then asked me to use it and like opened all the doors. And that sounds really fun and miraculous and something that many, many people desire. And yet what he's asked you to do is enter into the darkest, hardest space in somebody's life and to help carry that burden with them and to pray over them. Um, and so I'm curious, how do you, um, enter into that space, but more importantly than how do you let go and keep moving forward? Do you know what I mean? Cause like carrying, entering into that many stories of pain and grief and loss could crush your soul. Yes. If you didn't turn them back to Jesus. So how how do you do that? How do you move it back to the Lord and, and move on and enter back into mothering and being a wife and all the other things you have on your plate? Well, you know, it's, it's been, um, interesting. So one of the things that I have feared most in my life is losing someone that I cared about. It has been a terror of mine since I was little. My biological father threatened us. Um, He had guns out and he threatened to blow up our cars and things like that. So it I lived with the thought of losing my mother and for the Lord to put me into grief ministry has been really incredible because 
I literally had to let go of the fear of my mother dying or my child dying as I write these poems of mothers dying, of children dying, of this. He put me in the middle of it, and I have to just say, Lord, Mm. take Mm. it, take it. And you know what? And he does. And then he fills me back up with his truth. I have had to rely on his promises more now than I ever have. Sometimes I can't just go Hey, he makes me feel good. It's about his promises now. I have to literally rely on his promises. And that's what I tell people too. It's the only way I'm really getting by, to be honest with you. It's his promises. And I know that they're true. And that's it. But really, it's an everyday walking and trying to just figure it out. Sometimes I do get depressed. And I don't know if it's my stuff. I don't know if it's other people's stuff, but then I have to just figure it out. But walking and doing this and just, it's a constant relationship with the Lord. And this is the closest I've ever been to him. Mm-hmm. And I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> I I was sitting here thinking that that feels like this Psalm in so many ways, more than just the first four verses, the Psalm goes on for 14 total verses. Um, but just the um, declaring what is true of who our God is to yourself and having to remember mm-hmm. all of those things and, and face our worst fears um, and, and, and even say, and even if that happens, I will be okay because you will be with me, um, which is, a, yes. it's like, it takes your breath away. And, um, but I just, I, I would encourage everyone to go read the rest of this Psalm. Cause I think it actually just speaks into everything that you're saying right now about how you carry something. It's very, very difficult. And then you turn it back to the Lord. Remember what is true, declare his promises over your life, even when we don't feel it. And I think that's, that's the truest of the true things is that we often don't feel it. And we have to say, I declare it. I know it is true. I remember his promises. I will say them again. I will remember the miracles he's done in my life. I will name them again. I will. And, and we have to just tell ourselves the truth. It's so true though. I mean, that's, that's the only, that's where I've lived. It feels like is in the promises. And I didn't do that as a kid or anything like that, but he has taught me how to do that. And it's pretty amazing. And even my mother now is doing the artwork for um, all the Bury My Defiance poetry that I do for the families. And she lived with Mm. horrible anxiety and fear and could not go there really. And now she is able to pray over these families and go there. And she's doing the same thing, helping the ministry because she is relying on the Lord. And so we're both in this after all this trauma. Yeah. It's well, it's just a beautiful story of redemption. It's what God does. He takes our brokenness and he uses it uh, to, to help bring healing to others around us. One of the things that's interesting to me about your ministry is that you don't know all of these people. Thankfully you're not right. You don't know all these people that have gone through these terrible losses 
how are you, how do you find them? How do they come to your attention? <laughs> it's really interesting. Like I'll, I'll tell you this, like one that I've walked with for a couple of years now, I literally was reading and I saw their story mm. and the Lord's like right for them. And I'm like, what? Just reach out to them and write. Yes. I've had to be. So I did. And I've walked with them now for two years. Mm. Um, their daughter tragically uh, died. And so I've walked with them. I wrote a point for them. Um, different ways the Lord will lead me to families. And then I've had some people reach out to me. It's I don't advertise this side of my my ministry. It's just the Lord lets it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will sometimes. I've reached out to other people through news articles and things like that and just gifted it to them and then just let it go. Yeah. And that be it. And, but if I see people, it's really that simple. I know that sounds really strange, but it's that simple. The Lord just leads me to them. And then, you know, and, and there's been some beautiful things like that one family that I walked with for two years, we've become really good friends and Mm -hmm. they actually came and visited and stayed the weekend with us, um, over for my birthday. And we're planning another trip with them actually. And I've, it's been remarkable. You know, my heart grieves for them. I've never felt, um, I held her in my arms and I've never held pain like that before. Mm -hmm. I've never been in this situation and some of it I'm having to learn and the Lord's having to teach me grief. I do understand that, that we really can carry one another's burdens Mm -hmm. now. I didn't know that before. Yeah. Um, it's good. It wouldn't be the ministry that I would pick. <laughs> right. That's for sure. Like I said, I wanted to do comedy. This is far away <laughs> this from like comedy. 180 this degrees is, different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll take it. Right. I, I know, well, keep on being, doing it. Because, because it's being in the presence of the Lord. It's, it's dwelling in his presence. It is. And, um, and where would, why would you want to be anywhere else? Um, so part of your ministry, so that's a a bit of the behind the scenes part of the ministry. The forward facing part of your ministry is the poetry and the art that you do that you put on Facebook and Instagram. So tell people where they can find you so that they can see what you're doing and, and follow along and, and receive some of that for themselves. Okay. So on Facebook, it's Barry My Defiance Ministries. You can find me there. Um, Instagram, it's Whitney Russell. Um, Whitney with two E's, Russell with two S's and two L's. Um, uh, that's how you can find me. I post every day. I write a new poem, do a new picture every single day. It's something that whenever the Lord gave it to me, gave me, I was sitting in the floor working on art. And he literally said, pick up a pen. This was three, almost four years ago. And I did. And then he gave me a song on my heart. I wrote it. And then he kept on teaching me how to write poetry. Then I said, what do you want from me? I surrender it. And he's like, keep writing for my glory. And I have not stopped. I have Mm. almost 1600 poems, different ones. And, um, I have a couple of books, but the, my last one is my, my baby. And that's the corner warriors, 
Um, it's a children's book mm. and that's my baby one. But um, really my ministry is social media ministry. I reach out to people online. Well, and I will put all of those links in the show notes so that people can find you easily. Um, so gosh, Whitney, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us and sharing your heart with us and letting us get a glimpse into just your relationship with the Lord today. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, before you go, I do want to just give you a recommendation for another podcast that you might like. It is called honestly, though, real talk, real life, real faith. And it's hosted by Rebecca Carroll and Liz Rodriguez each week. They do a biblical take on cultural issues. And um, I think if you like this podcast, you might like theirs too. So I'm just throwing that out to you as a suggestion. And um, I also just want to thank you for joining me on So Much More, where we do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.